Welcome to On the Couch with James Field and Ian Harris. It's episode 45 for the 30th of May, 2007. <laughs> Morning, Ian. Morning, James. Welcome to On the Couch, podcast number 45. 45 times on the couch. Ka-ching. There we go. And we're actually, there was a couch in this room, but there isn't any more. Again, we're in the non-couch room. Non-couching. Um, but we have the same fabulous lineup of news, rapidly assembled. Indeed. We're going to talk about what's happening in the UK, what's happening everywhere else. <laughs> Content news, IPTV news, mobile news, a bit thin on the gaming news, and anything else we decide to talk about, we'll obviously talk about as well. So. Exactly. So, Ian, <laughs> you came up with a cracking story for the UK, didn't you? Oh, look, this is very exciting, James. I, don't, I can't get why you aren't excited about this news. Woohoo! And uh, Ofcom, who, who is the regulator in the UK, correct, is uh, deciding that it's deciding not to decide anything about auctioning off the radio wave spectrum. Uh, that's going to be made free by the analog switch off, mm-hmm. and uh, it's. I mean, it's, uh, auctioning off the spectrum in the UK is alleged to raise around two billion pounds. Not very much, really. Well, not in the scheme of things. I've heard, really. in, I've heard in the US they're hoping to do this as well to I sell off the raise spectrum. Like Ten billion dollars, billions or more. I hope they were hoping to wipe out the US deficit, but I think that's probably a bit of a long way to go. Um, but, they've, but they did this public consultation and people were saying, you know, what they should use the Spectrum for. And I think I had a lot of comments back and that kind of really stopped them in their tracks, I think. So they had more comments than they're uh, anticipating. Yeah, or or they, they had a plan about what they thought people could use the Spectrum for, but right. obviously they had comments back which reflected other needs hmm. and that they hadn't really catered for it appropriately. And uh, I guess if they're going to make a lot of it unlicensed for free use, yes. that kind of sh- knocks a hole in the bottom of the revenue boat for... Um, True. The billions and billions coming back. So, I mean, I mm. think they definitely, definitely need to do something um, about like license-free spectrum for data. Yeah, for little devices and yeah. ultra wide band and yeah, and high speed, you know, you know high speed, low distance links yeah. and things like that. Absolutely. And I'm, and this week I was having a look at my wireless router, and mm. I think there was about eight or nine different wireless networks that I could see from wow. my. My How many of them were locked up? London. Uh, all of them, and the BT broadband ones yeah. had uh, WPA encryption, which is the stronger encryption, really? and all the rest just had WEP. Mine has WEP, actually, but uh, we'll more of that later when I talk Indeed, about the old BT. Really interesting. But it's, uh, it's a bit interesting in the UK that uh, they only licensed like, those FMI pod attachments like know, uh, Christmas, behind, uh, three months ago, yeah. so <laughs> it's a bit arcane, but I think that's all they you know. Big Brother. We've got cameras everywhere, but we're not allowed to transmit everything. <laughs> you know, right. it's a bizarre world we live in. Be watched, but don't tell anyone. Meanwhile, things are getting really exciting in international news. You were a big smile on your face here that TiVo is coming to Oz in 2008. Oh, I'm just clearly going to have to move back now because yeah. uh, that's just fantastic. I mean, the, the thing that TiVo brings to a PVR is a great user interface, mm-hmm. um, a, a kind of community feel about the fact that people, you know, you... You're part of this group of people that is uh, participating in an in an event, really by. And it's got recommendations on, and stuff yeah, as it's well. Got recommendations. You you decide whether you like or don't like a program, and then and the, the kind of randomness factor of the the idea that the TV mm. records things that it thinks you will like. Right. Uh, I think is. Uh, I think that's a fantastic feature. Like this is my problem. Do you have you ever used one, or do you have a friend that has? 
I have a friend that has a TV. In fact, there was actually a big hacking community in Australia of TVs. And what would happen is people would bring them over from Europe right. and then hack them to work in Australia. Right. So this is going to save everyone a lot of effort. <laughs> um, so, I'm actually, I mean, obviously, the one. In Europe, I know there was a trial in the UK which kind of yes. just fizzled out. Right. That's a um, shame. So, uh, they presumably all those boxes. You know, jumped on the boat and went to, <laughs> went went to, to Australia, Australia for 10 pounds. Right. You know, the, and it's, you know, it's based on Linux, so it was always a big uh, kind of yeah. hacking platform. Uh, so I think that's, I think that's very exciting. And that's with Channel 7, right? This is with Channel 7. Now, I'm, I'm interested in this story particularly because... Uh, 7 is one of the big seven is one of the big broad, yeah. broadcasters, terrestrial broadcasters in Australia. And the question is, what, what does a broadcaster care about a box that can obviously receive all broadcasting signals altogether? Mm, mm. Uh, and again, broadcasters aren't very good. Maybe they can swing the recommendation so it records more seven stuff. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit biased. <laughs> Have you tried this? Yeah. Uh, in broadcasters don't understand customers or uh, and don't understand about box distribution and uh, mm-hmm. you know, faults and all that sort of stuff. They understand their you know a free to air broadcasters customer is in fact the advertisers. And the only thing they care about in respect to customers is how many eyeballs are watching their program so they can charge yeah. more for the advertising. And, and who the eyeballs are, I guess, the demographics. Yeah, and the demographics. Which relates to the programming choices. Correct. And So uh, it turns out that a company called Engine, who have previously been known for their VoIP service in Australia, is going to be doing the distribution support of TiVo in Australia. So that's right. how they're solving that problem. And they supply little hardware boxes today for, you, you've for said voice. you'd got yep. one for voice over IP. Yep, exactly. So they've got that infrastructure in place. They've got a call center and so on. Uh, so that's good. And they're looking to... I mean, I'm still not clear why 7 is kind of spearheading this. I mean, I would have thought it would be a conglomerate of free-to-air broadcasters, but all I've said is that the Chief Executive Officer of 7 Media Group, Mr. David Leckie, said this association unites the strengths of free-to-air television and TiVo to deliver new digital services to the Australian It's going to be consumer. digital, basically. So it's all digital. Because at the moment, I mean, in the UK, we've got this thing called Freeview, mm-hmm. which is this conglomerate of everyone getting together to do... Ideally, a single branded service, but it's not today. But they're doing now, I think it's called Freeview Playback or something. They're trying right. to get it together for the PVR generation of set-top boxes. Mm. So they are all have the same kind of set of specifications. Mm-hmm. In Australia, do they have that? Or is it basically 7, 9, 10 and ABC all do their own thing well, for digital broadcasts? Well, the, the equivalent of Freeview for... Uh, Australia is merely you know, the, you know, the regulatory... Because they have HD there on Freeview, right? Yeah, so it's the, the regulatory environment created by the government that administers mm. um, the airwaves, says, hands out, handed out a bunch of licences to all the free-to-airs yeah. and allowed them to broadcast digitally on the condition that they broadcast HD and so on as well. Mm. Although we were hearing a few weeks ago that they may be relaxing those requirements. Okay. So there's no overarching sort of banner. I mean, I, I think in UK it came out of the fact that um, there was a commercial product that was digital terrestrial, and then that collapsed mm. and then turned into Freeview. That's true, yeah. yeah. So that's, I guess that's, Freeview is really just digital terrestrial. And then that collapsed. It was ITV digital that oh, collapsed, really? and, then it, and then it turned <laughs> into, it was on digital, ITV digital, and then Freeview. Right, so Freeview seems to be working mostly because it's free, but the Freeview in the UK <laughs> has a stack of channels on it. In yeah, Australia, it's all just... sorts of rubbish. <laughs> it's just the, you know, the commercial channels. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess Freeview's gone reached this tipping point where it's got enough eyeballs to make it a valid yeah, audience like for eight million for new channels to come on for free. So some channels that were pay have, had gone free, right? Because the advertising revenue at that point is yeah was significant uh, yeah. basically. So um, that's the way it is. Okay, so that's Oz. A uh, little story about 
chipset LG and, and ARM teaming up for making product for the US digital switch off and I think they've announced this thing about giving the vouchers for free boxes or something again it's part of the spectrum auction plans for the US they've got a right, so this transition is get everyone give, you, give everybody a set top, top, or a built in integrated TV kind of thing mm-hmm. um, so that's that um, what else is going to content news I guess moving on to content which is a bit more a bit more jazzy a bit more news in content um, I was listening to another podcast on the way up here today and I, I heard that uh, and saw in the news actually yesterday that Finland has made uh, it not to be it's not to, to be illegal to decrypt DVDs um, right which is um, <laughs> kind of been doing all well, doing the, that for well, a while. and the reasoning behind this is that because the encryption isn't strong enough, right? It can be so easily circumvented that it is no longer a crime to circumvent it. Right. So that's kind of like the same argument that you know, if there's a gold bar sitting on the pavement, you should just be able to pick it up and take it home. And if that it's works. just kind of inside a shop a little bit, that's okay. You can, <laughs> if, you know, the door's open to the shop yeah, where the gold I mean, bar is sitting Clearly, this is only in Finland, which is renowned for its film industry. Is it really? Well, <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> no, I don't think I don't think they make any film. I haven't heard any famous films from Finland. If you know, let us know. Where do you let us know, Ian? At feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Brilliant. So, I mean, famous Finnish films, I've known. I guess everyone will be right, looking on IMDb <laughs> Funny and looking famous, for the yes. famous yes. Finnish Okay, so what they're saying is if the encryption is circumventable, then you are able to copy it legally. It's more, I think, if your grandma can do it, then clearly it's not particularly strong. Right. But you can get that sort of product today for HD DVDs. I mean, I guess the equivalent would be Mm. if you had a gold bar on the street and you Mm. wrapped it in a bit of tissue paper saying, do not break. (laughs) If you break this, you can have the gold for free. (laughs) Now, that's what it's like. It's like, oh, okay, snap, I'll have the gold. That's what it's kind of like in a way. It's a slightly different potentially, but uh, clearly neither you or I are lawyers and we're not in a position to comment on this. (laughs) Correct. Um, Right, so that's Finland. What, what, what? Finland. uh, I thought, isn't this, isn't it, Legal now to decrypt DVDs in the UK as well, or is that not no? The case? No, I mean, is it bad? Remember, we talked about in Australia the other day. It's only just been legal to rip your own CDs. That's to listen to on your iPod. Yeah, they they right. passed that at Christmas, didn't they? So, um, no, in the, I think everywhere there is this argument about backing up DVDs, backing right. up a copy. But then I've heard that also that's a bit dubious as well. Mm. Making you know backup copies. Well, isn't this it? is the problem. It's different for every country. It's fair use or no one really knows what their, or, their yeah. rights are and what's legal and what's not. But at the end of the day, we just know that generally you don't own that content. Mm. You're entitled to use it for the purpose for which it was licensed to you to use. That's it. Um, talking about content as well. I mean, iTunes just today, in fact, released iTunes 7.2, which is well, the DRM-free enabled one. Oh. So that's all that's come out today. And access to iTunes Plus content, which is this super high quality stuff. Um, don't quite know. Literally, just before we, we started recording, I, I picked up the news about that. Um, Fantastic. So, it's, that's all the EMI stuff is that's coming yeah, online? Yeah, I guess so. So, then you can maybe find out what stuff. I don't know how it'll, whether it'll just scan your library and say, oh, these ones are available, higher quality, for free. Or would you like to upgrade? Yeah, would you like to upgrade? <laughs> um, I haven't, and even this, like, would you like to buy the album stuff? I haven't, I haven't bought anything from iTunes for a while. Mm. So, um, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, we found out about something called Uyala. Uyala? Uyala. Double O-Y-A-L-A, mm-hmm. which don't really know much more about it, but it's one of these, like a juicy kind of thing. It will revolutionize video yeah. on the internet. Excellent. Well, uh, a couple of guys who left Google 
which right. I don't quite understand this because if Google wasn't I mean Google from what we all, all hear is a free for all you decide what you want to do and you just do it yes. these guys presumably didn't get traction from Google for this we just want to do this well, I so think, they left yeah I think more the point that they didn't want to contribute to the the, the, Google the Google IPR. You know? <laughs> yeah, that's right. So uh, for one of the guys who was uh, apparently in the, you know, the ad sales group, right? Uh, he's, he'd been there for four years. His shares had vested. He was clearly a very rich man. Yeah. Decided that uh, he'd team up with a few mates and uh, go and do something on their get own. Get some money from could, a VC, which is... <laughs> <laughs> get some more money from a VC because it's always better to spend someone else's money. Yeah. And uh, then... I guess it's maybe it's a good pitch. This idea is so good, we didn't want Google to have it. Work for me. Where can we hand it over? <laughs> well, even better, you know, they build it up and then Google buys them for a billion dollars. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, I even think that's, that's one of the ethics behind Google in, in fostering these ideas and innovations because they don't want people to essentially leave, set up their own company, and Google mm. have to buy them for far more mm. than if mm. they'd rewarded the people if they'd worked internally. Exactly. So clearly it doesn't work every time, but let's wait and see, see what Yala turns out to be and what it's all about. So, uh, on the Couch Podcast is signed up for the beta program when it's available, <laughs> so we'll be, uh, as soon as it yeah, gets it's out, we'll private let you alpha know. right now, I believe. Ah, so I see. Let's see what happens. Um, also, uh, a new company started up in the UK, I believe, called allpay.tv, now, which is about an interactive application to let you pay your bills in the UK. And I mean, as you know, I guess we are, every day you get bills. It's the only reason the postal service exists, I think, in the that's UK, correct. is to send that's you bills. they make their money by sending you bills. Yeah, so that enables you, I guess, through some interactive interface to um, sign up, register your bills, and pay them through your TV set. Um, sounds a bit like old news to me. But uh, not just TV, though. It's also kiosks and other methods. I mean, okay. I guess in the UK, we can already top up our mobiles at bank kiosks yep. and stuff. And, yep. and I know my bank is trying to do some pay your bills online, but they have to get people signed up. Right. Um, See, uh, back in the old country. No, that one. <laughs> We have this system called BPay in Australia where every bill everywhere, and I don't know how BPay managed to do it, but mm. every bill everywhere has a BPay number on it. Right. And you go to your bank, internet banking facility, select pay BPay, and you put in a couple of numbers and you pay your bill that yeah. way. Uh, so I guess this is trying to do a similar sort of thing because they're doing, doing it on digital television, on kiosks. third party well. to, you know, in Hong yeah. Kong we had the same thing, payment by phone service and everything you could go in and, you know, literally yep. anything you could pay from parking fines through to oh, right. you know, absolutely everything was yeah. you know, basically that facility. Yeah, electronic payment was is the way forward. Um, so I guess it's the UK catching up. I mean, I still find it bizarre in the UK why transferring money between banks typically still oh, takes three days, three days, three, three or four days. <laughs> I why? had this discussion with uh, one of my friends in Hong Kong. Uh, who I was saying, I can't believe it takes three days to transfer money from one bank account to another in the UK. Back in Australia, it only you know happened overnight. Yeah, it's he goes, overnight? It's instant. instantly in Hong Kong. <laughs> it's three okay. seconds. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> but that's because, you know, essentially it's all, all the one bank, I suppose. Anyway, um, but back to our television and broadcast and that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, now, IPTV, um, mm. I don't know if it's kind of related, but I'd, just, uh, I'd heard about Estonia, which is a country in... Eastern Europe. Eastern Europe, I think, probably. Is it probably, It must be a European country, I guess, now. Estonia, or is, it must be on the list to become a European Definitely country. Definitely on the list. Um, and they've, they've recently been the victim of a den- denial-of-service attack, which allegedly might mm-hmm. have come from Russia, but they don't know. And essentially, this is where somebody took down basically the entire country's IT infrastructure, all the public service websites, a lot of things you just couldn't, just didn't work. Um, which is, I guess it's, I guess it's quite devastating cyber, for cyber terrorism. Yeah, or absolutely. I, I mean, this is um, quite devastating for 
not just the government trying to do its business day mm. by day and enable people to yeah. get government services, but also, you know, all the IPTV operators. I don't know how many there are in Estonia, but if, if there were any, yeah, uh, TV would go. TV would go. Voice over IP gone. Yep. You know everything. I guess it's you, the life without the internet. You know. Well, this is this is what I'm. You know, you can't pay so your bills anymore. <laughs> you can't pay your bills. <laughs> you can get your bills. I mean, I guess it's it's an interesting thing, and maybe this was just a a warm up by someone to see mm. you know, letting the cyber troops mm. out and see what they can do. I mean, we've heard uh, over the last few years there's been a lot of attention on the security of operating systems like Windows yeah. and security holes there and, and viruses and bugs and so on that mm. have enabled people to take control of computers. But the next, um, but I think uh, that that's just be the beginning of the war, really. The rest of it is like the, the whole infrastructure that surrounds mm. the internet and the IP routers and so on. Um, you know, it, 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 we rely on this stuff. Yeah, now. yeah. And it makes you think if someone could do that, but it's like a, a hidden, hidden attack. You can't mm. really see it. I guess the zombie computers out there can just like fire yeah, up all and, these botnets. Yeah, they? the botnets and yes. stuff. Scary business. Um, so, I mean, the first thing I did, but obviously when I got my new BT broadbandy doodah, I opened up the firewall and said, "Come on in." <laughs> you know, <that's, laughs> see what happens. Well, I, I'll, I'll, I promised on uh, the last episode to tell you a bit more about my BT Vision experience. Mm. Um, so I got it installed last Saturday. The guy right. came around. Eventually, he was only about four hours late. Well, that's but all right. he had to drive some like three hundred miles. To, uh, he was miles away from me. He, James, he was, does, James does live in the middle of nowhere. I do, but, but I mean, <laughs> he, that far This guy lives nowhere. in the middle of nowhere too, but at the other end of the country. <laughs> so he drove. Oh, no. He drove. Had to go and pick up the set top box from another place. Right, which was closed, but they left the door open for him, and he went and got it. <laughs> Should have got a then he came back, spares. and literally, he's, I, I took him into the home cinema, he's, and he went, he went "Oh, this is a bit spooky." <laughs> and I said, "Okay, what do I do?" And I just unpacked it, and I said, "I want to hook it up via HDMI." And he says, "I don't know if that works." And I went, "Oh, <laughs> so, oh okay, it was going to be one of those." Was yeah, it? he didn't really know much about it, so we uh-huh. plugged it in, turned on, and you just press OK like four. T- it's like you know, it's like a Windows install. You have to you have to, have to be attended. Right. You have to sit there and press you OK. You put a serial number in or anything? No, no, no. You just plug it in. Plug it into the Ethernet port, the spare right. Ethernet port on the home hub. Press OK a few times. It scans the terrestrial channels. They pop up. Right, the picture cool. looks really beautiful, actually, with mm. the up conver- conversion does, to 720p. Does do HDMI? Yeah, yeah, HDMI did. Well, nice. you have to... Obviously, by default, it doesn't. Otherwise, you'd plug it in and it would go, there's nothing coming out of this box. So. But HDMI looks pretty good. Um, That's cool. And the PVR stuff seems to work. But the VOD stuff doesn't work very well for me at least right. um i've got the full eight megabit line and all this kind of stuff yeah. um i did think maybe it was my other things on the network but maybe <laughs> uh, and <laughs> yeah. i have spent possibly about two hours of this week on the phone to the technical help people who weren't very helpful you obviously mm. you get the call center yes um where they ask you your name and address and then say oh i don't know anything about this i'll put you through to the other number i said that's what i wanted you to do straight away because i know you don't know anything about it i've done this every year oh. At least you don't have to wait very long. At least you get through quite quickly. Oh, you're not in a, not a hole. And were they able to help you with oh, your Well, the VOD last issues? night, you know, 10 o'clock at night last night, the guy said, oh, well, uh, it does take 10 days for your line to settle down. Really? Uh, I thought, mm, that sounds a bit bogus to me. <laughs> but either that was waiting. But uh, I've done a soft reset on the box. Um, yeah. He says, oh, I can see from the exchange you had a six-minute VOD session yesterday and... Um, quality of service was assigned and all this kind of stuff I'm going well there is no quality of <laughs> service right. it was but assigned too low but then. they're doing one and a half megabits per second I don't know if it's it could be MPEG 4 or MPEG uh, 2 don't know um, there's quite a, quite a good selection of VOD content if I could watch it but I'm not paying mm. for anything yet because so can you see the content itself 
Like you can get yeah, the, the listings come up and you right, can okay, see so and it's got little pictures got and it's got actors and cast right. and stuff and it's got um, BBC it's stuff. It's got four Channel Four stuff. Right. The sports is just right. allegedly coming up, but again, I can't watch it. I just literally you you, you see it play you, you and play it goes in a couple of seconds to set up the vod session. That's Fine. fair enough. And then it goes chunk. <laughs> it plays like a second. Right. Freezes for a second or two. Right. Plays for a couple of seconds. Freezes. Um, okay. You know, you can press pause and stuff, but doesn't make <laughs> well, any difference. So ultimately, it's quite disappointing. But the mm. the free view stuff is okay, and the guide you can do searching. It's oh, got a built-in cool. um, telephone book. Uh, it's got some games on there from wow. like, Two Way TV or something like that. Uh, Excellent. So I mean, it what's looks the, okay. I mean, this is Microsoft TV. Isn't yeah, it? What's, yeah. The, what's the user interface like? It's okay. I mean, it, there's the guide on picture kind of thing, so it's faded into uh-huh. the background. It doesn't do the, the uh, picturing guide very much, um, but it's fairly smooth. It, it's mm-hmm. not particularly responsive, it must be said, right. and it does occasionally just reboot, and you have to wait another five minutes for it to, uh, oh, really? <laughs> to, to kick in. <laughs> not the most reliable of things. I haven't recorded anything yet. Can you um, pause live TV? Yeah, you can do pause wow, live cool. TV. It's quite a quiet box. Um, hmm. And so, I mean... 160 gig PVR for free isn't bad, I guess. I mean, you can't really... You can't complain, but that's the whole thing, I guess. If I'm not complaining, I'm not complaining, but I am complaining. (laughs) Um, But I think it's a bit of a fob-off to say, oh, actually, your line, it takes some time to calibrate the line. And that's rubbish. He said, said, oh, what's happening is your box is continually trying to change the rate of the video during the session, which I found a bit odd. If you're allocated quality of service, you're going to get it. Well, yeah, I mean, and... If it's, I mean, I don't know if it has the facility to say, okay, well, I don't have eight megabits, so I'll try four megabits yeah. or something. But it's not but as if I'm playing online with my Wii and my PlayStation Three and my Apple TV and getting downloading my latest 160. This, this gig was all HD. you were doing at the one time was just trying to watch. Yeah, I, I did actually unplug the other stuff um, just to prove a point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they always say, "What computer do you have?" And they try to take control of your computer. And I'm saying, "Well, there's no chance through the firewall on my my PC." <laughs> You're going mate. nowhere. You're going right. to go nowhere. And I said, "It's not going to work." Oh, I, I will do this. And I said, "No, it's not going to work, mate." It didn't. Anyway. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh well, so some teething. I said, problems, "I do have but, a uh, master's degree in engineering here. You could just tell me what you want to do." Oh, it might be quicker. No, no, no. I will do this. You know. Anyway. Loads of fun. I also um, did have a go at trying to get Apple uh, Juice running on my Apple TV. Ah. Because um, so the, there's a juiced client, isn't there? And yeah. a Mac client for Yeah, juiced. juiced Mac client. Juiced for friends, it's called. Because it's kind yeah. of, they've moved out of the, the private beta to a sort of, mm-hmm. you can get referred beta. And uh, thanks um, to everyone who sent me juiced invites now. I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely be Almost juiced up. Out. Trouble I have with running Apple TV, uh, juiced on my Apple TV, is it doesn't get past the initial getting the channels bit. So apparently what you have to do is you have to run it on a normal Mac, ah. but an Intel-based Mac, which I don't right. have. You have to run it on an Intel-based Mac, and then you have to copy the some magic um, file. Yeah, some basically the the preference files right. across uh-huh. onto the uh, the Apple TV, and then it sort of doesn't go through this finding the channels thing, and then it then it will run. Wow, that'd um, be cool though, because so then you have you know you have to download TV a Flash browser, Flash plugin for QuickTime as well, or something. So oh, okay, um, but it does. So I ran this thing called Center Stage, which is a like a. It was before Apple TV came out. There's a, an open source community thing right. that enables you to run and browse content. So that runs okay. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it seems, I mean, Juiced, I think it'll be quite, I still haven't seen Juiced, but I'll, you know, as I don't have an Intel-based Mac, <laughs> someone could send me one of those, that'd be great. <laughs> um, then I could get it running. But uh, in the meantime, I just have to hold on, unless someone, I'm seeing someone will post the preference files so I can nab them or something. But clearly you could, it's got to be related to your login name and so you oh, have to, okay. so there right. is some personalization there. a bit of trickery because that would be great there was quite a bit of trickery in getting it running anyway <laughs> um, <laughs> hacking your uh, Apple TV is uh, not for the faint hearted I just mm. hope it, uh, I am slightly paranoid that when Apple delivers the upgrade because it's still 1.0 then mm-hmm. it could turn into the Apple brick <laughs> but what a nice brick <laughs> it'll be a nice shiny warm brick well, that's alright right. um, enough of my Apple fanboy stuff over to you Ian and talking us through the mobile stuff well, there's a couple of uh, bits and pieces to do with mobile that's happening at the moment. Although I do take note, and I'll add this into the uh, the notes. There's a new mobile phone coming out from a, com- a company in Australia. In oh, fact, the, the mobile phone watch. Thing. Mobile phone watch. Yeah, what was that? I think it's bogus. That is fantastic. If it I wasn't think. so expensive, I would definitely. definitely is it real? Go. You think? Yeah, they they had a previous one, which was Dick uh, Tracy's uh, watch or something. Yeah, it was kind of it was kind of a round one. This one's more square. Battery <laughs> that you, you can yeah, but, but you know, technology has come of age now where you don't you need, hold your wrist up no, to your no, ears. You don't need like to hold tick, tick. it to you. No, you, you use Bluetooth, of course. You have oh, a Bluetooth right. headset. Okay, so it doesn't and have you, a speaker you know, you or anything. Just press your little touch screeny thing. But then I've seen what you know, what genuine watches that are as big as this. Yeah, that's watch. true. Chunky watches are in, aren't they? When it comes but one of the screenshots did look like an Apple iPhone. You reckon they just. Well, it, it looks just like a dodgy send us your money, we'll send you a boxy <laughs> phone. Because I've seen that in China as well for the iPhone, there were people purporting to sell minimum of 500, they'll send you an a- sell you an Apple iPhone. Yeah, I'll bet they will. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a Telegraphic transfer, money money in advance. <laughs> That's right. And do I have a bridge I can sell you? Or a deal in Nigeria, <laughs> in fact. Indeedy. Uh, well, what's happening in... Uh, a couple of, okay, let's start that story. Well, I can tell you about this thing about this this chips in phones in Japan. Last week we talked oh, yeah. about um, like Wiimote kind of accelerometers mm. in uh, mobile phones. What uh, someone in Japan has done with uh, put this thing called DSRC, which is something to do with a, it's a communications uh, protocol and I guess a, a band which is designed for cars right. and vehicles so that they can talk to each other and, and I guess it's more for traffic awareness or proximity awareness right. and in japan they've built one of these chips into a phone so essentially the cars will know where the people are wow so what does that mean you can do like well you can't run people over in your car oh i see because if they're on way well, oh maybe only if they're on the phone i don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> so no more chicken you know i don't know you can't play chicken on the phone with a phone so it's i guess it's a oh they're coming to get me now um yeah so i guess it's it's putting a, an additional cool. bit of a transceiver, effectively. Yeah. That's what I can see. I guess it's a transceiver which yeah. says, hey, anybody out there? That's very like cool. Like IFF for, um, for planes when they do identification friend yeah. or foe. They, I guess it's like the car can inquire and ask, hey, who's around here? Mm. So the car can say, mm. does anyone know where I am? And they can ask <laughs> yeah, other people. Right. Anyone here? And, uh, oh, there's a person. I won't ask them. Maybe it can connect through it like a Bluetooth. Maybe it's that's like Bluetooth cool. for cars. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, what else is happening in mobile? Uh, well, we have two mo- T-Mobile. Uh-huh. Uh, we have a little more detail on a video sharing portal that they we talked about this yeah, briefly we, previously. We touched on it, yeah. uh, this is in Hungary, and right. they've launched a city a service called VidUp, lowercase V I D capital U capital P, a video sharing and community building service specifically created for mobile telephone content. 
So the idea is that uh, you can watch 11 mobile TV channels and download games and wallpapers and ringtones and so on. Uh, But the interesting bit is that it also allows you to watch, upload and forward video recordings to friends on mobile phones. Uh, Presumably this allows you to do it over the network as opposed to what normal people do, which is, you know, infrared or Bluetooth it to each other. Uh, And the idea being that uh, it's to build up a community with functions like chatting and blogging, at least in the future. I don't actually see how chatting and blogging is going to work on a mobile phone, but yeah. uh, I, uh, I certainly think there's, you know... Well, there's SMS chat is a you know, one way a lot of people just bing backwards and forwards virtual chatting. I mean, my phone's got some chat feature. I don't think, don't think I actually don't yeah. know if it's enabled by the network. And a lot of right. these things are not enabled by the network. They have lots of features. Mm. Um, it's funny. One of the features on mobile phones that I thought would take off, which didn't, is uh, push to talk. Yeah. And they introduced that in Australia just before I left, I think, on yeah. a few mobile phones. But I think that was the problem. It was only on a few mobile phones. And the and networks don't support it. That's the thing. I mean, I'm not sure. The networks need to support it, yeah. Yeah, because that does, I think it uses voice over IP via, I think, oh, that's, right, what it, I think that's what it's doing. So it's a right. VoIP thing. Because that's um, very cool, because you just say something and it pops out of But it's probably a technology that disrupted friends. an existing business model and the operators were thinking, ooh, we don't want everyone well, to do that. You yeah. Know? I mean, you can see there's an incremental service really based on everything else. But How do you charge for that? Presumably, you charge, know, per, some sort of charge per bit, though, or flat rate, yeah, so they don't want... you talk, or... Yeah, yeah. But, you know, you could see that being a cool service if you just wanted to let a bunch of people know something, like, you know, work sites, or... Yeah, well, it's walkie-talkie functionality, yeah, exactly. isn't it, kind of thing, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Um, there was also a little bit of word about another DVBH trial, this time in India, in New Delhi. Um, mm-hmm. Nokia What's funded... What's in New Delhi? Um, just 10 or 12 channels for DVB-H, but only literally one transmitter. So I don't know if that counts as a... You have it's to buy the receiver. definitely a trial. Yeah, okay, definitely so you a trial. buy the phone and... and the phone was quite pricey, 35,000 rupees, wasn't it? So, mm-hmm. um, which we worked out was around... 700, 700 US dollars. $700 so. US. So not for everybody, um, but it'd uh, be interesting to see. I guess that's for Daughtershan as well, which is the, uh, the national broadcaster, like... Seven for Australia, I suppose. Mm. So they're doing a trial to see what that's yeah. like. And of course, the iPhone, I think we've announced 20th of June. 20th so of June for sure? Was that pretty much really? three weeks from today? Wow. That'll be out in the US. Have you pre ordered it, James? For no, I haven't. I haven't uh, moved my entire house and family to the US. And, uh, no. <laughs> okay, so you can't get it in Europe at all? No, not yet. Oh, not right. yet. I mean, Sorry, Europe, I, I think, is targeted end of year, but there's still no announcement as to which operators. Because oh, again, year? a lot of the functions they're saying, look at this, you can choose right. which order to listen to your voicemails in require operator back office support yeah definitely so and this Google stuff there's rumours about Google coming up with more apps for the phone Um, so it's still not not clear about that Um, so yeah I saw an interesting article just today I think about uh, the the company clearly speaking out of turn who manufactures mm. iPhones uh, will oh, man- second generation yeah iPhones and Quanta in Taiwan isn't it allegedly manufacturing the second generation of uh, the Mm. iPhone which Apple would not want that information. It's different packaging or something different. Yeah, it probably it's better, well, it's bigger, better, faster, and more. And, yeah, yeah it'd be going, oh, well, I might wait for the second generation <laughs> iPhone, you know. Oh, that's the, well, that's, it's that's always the, better later If on. you're in, you know, consumer goods, that's what happens. I mean, you, you know when you buy your... Yeah, it's instantly, instantly out of date. Instantly isn't it? out of date. You just have to eBay it at the right time. That's exactly. The, uh, that's the thing. Um, gaming, bit thin on the ground. Um I know the Wii announced some games and um, Mario's got some there's a an first online Mario football or something oh right so you can actually play with other people yeah, online yeah you can do oh, this cool. game matching and, and getting online it's it's one of these again kooky Nintendo not really soccer 
kind right, of pretend soccer, but well, weird, <laughs> weird <laughs> soccer. I think right. I haven't I haven't seen it, but uh-huh. uh, um, so and a whole slew of Wii games announced, but still no Star Wars. It's just not on. We need not Star on. Wars. <laughs> Nintendo, what are you doing? That would be the second killer, you know, killer, killer game app. for the for the, <laughs> the Wii. Killer. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, how are you getting on with? Um, have you done more smooth moves? Have you got into some wacky smooth moves? moves? I've got to the point now where I can. I've got a few more of the actions oh, yeah, happening, yeah. but uh, I think you've well and truly trounced me in the <laughs> list of actions category. <laughs> I haven't done any new ones for a while. Uh, I haven't been introduced to any new ones. I ha- I've only played it a little bit last weekend. So good fun. It is indeed. Is I've indeed. been hearing good things about the 1.8 firmware version of the PS3. The general, I've got that. Yeah, yeah. General uh, Actually, consensus I did try and seems to be very, very good. Very before thick. I came into work, I'm looking into trying to do the remote play stuff on my ah, PSP, yes. and there was a PSP update I noticed this morning. Ah, okay. But I haven't used my PSP Maybe for too. so long. The battery is flat, and it doesn't let you. It doesn't let you do <laughs> yeah, the upgrade. So I downloaded it, but I couldn't yeah. upgrade it. So maybe tonight I'll um, plug it all in, see what upgrade it, and see what cool. it says. But I don't know. And there's this, this camera thing. I'm debating whether I need to get the uh, the camera for... Uh, PSP camera or the PS- PSP camera? Reef. Because then you can use it as a VoIP phone. That's the idea, right? Yeah, with, that would With be cool. uh, British Telecom. So, allegedly. But I'm, as again, I'm slightly worried because I've got a Japanese early adopter model. The wrong <laughs> phone. Because I, I, did, I did have a look at my PSP this morning and it's still got this um, PlayStation TV thing, which is yeah, a Japanese right. TV yes. portal, which I can't watch because I'm not from Japan. Um, <laughs> if anyone's got a login, let me know. I'll, I'd love to have a look at it. Um, and there's a couple of things there which are dedicated mm. kind of services. But, uh, I mean, the general impression of the, the new firmware upgrade is that it's starting to look like a slick product. Yeah. The PS3 is, you know... The really, DLNA support, things like yeah, that. Yeah, all that stuff is yeah. making it feel like it's, you know, getting to the point of being pretty solid, mm. good features. And um, If I could spool stuff from my BT Vision, Vision box onto your watch PS3. on my PS3, that would be quite cool. You can't get VOD working in the first place, little and No, this well, yeah, that's, but if I'm sorting it from the disc, it might work. I also, one thing I did do uh, last night, in fact, was calibrate my HD display. Oh, right. I got, I've got that a, sounds... I, on eBay, I bought this DVD, um, calibration DVD disc from oh, Mon- right. you know, Monster, the guys that do the cables. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they make a, they've made a, a, how to calibrate your HD set, so you're oh, actually cool. watching it the way it was supposed to look. <laughs> right, so you but it's a put DVD in. Yeah, it's, it, it's a PAL DVD, which right. now my PlayStation 3 upsamples very nicely. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. And then it gives you various scenes to check out your contrast, your brightness, oh, right. um, your, so was your aspect ratio. Right or it was wrong? pretty good, actually. I think okay. um, whether that's because um, I'm using projector mm. and w- with HDMI. Mm. So that really, I couldn't see much to adjust. To I mean, be it, should be, it was pretty good. I mean, I, I'd always thought that... It's color, that brightness, contrast, and sharpness were right. the main... I'd always thought that, that, you know, once you have a digital connection like that, it would be pixel perfect. But as we found in development, mm. uh, just because your screen does HD doesn't necessarily mean it's actually displaying all of it. Sometimes the bits yeah. are actually off the edge of the screen. And, and I think the cheaper, cheaper TVs tend to bang up the brightness just to make it look good in the shop. Yeah. So as the, by the default. So it is worth um, having, a, having a go and calibrating it if you're looking mm. at it because you never quite know which way the button's been pressed. Cool, but so I was a monster yeah. that provide this. Yeah, I could lend it to you if you're good. Cool. And you yeah. can have a go, see if it... But I mean, I was... I was glad that I was already watching it pretty much the same. But they had things like um, three girls made up differently. One's made up to look pale, one's normal, and one's kind of slightly red. Right. And you can adjust the, the colour tint so you which can see... you prefer? Well, no, it's like the one in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> but it's some... I've never heard of the... Uh, some 
Jenna, someone who does, she's a recording artist apparently, right. and she was saying you know, the one, in the girl in the middle looks just right, and she's pretty cute too. <laughs> <And it's> kind, <laughs> okay, so it's quite, it's quite tongue in cheek, and it's. Okay, uh, cool. But mainly, it's this guy playing snooker, but he's not. He's standing there just smiling. It's just little loops, and they tell, right. she tells you what to do. Oh, that's cool. Um, so it was, uh, I, I was worth doing because um, I mean, you made a significant investment in your ATT television. You want to get the most out of it, exactly. Well, I think that's about all we've got time for today. Jolly good, indeed. Well, thank you very much for listening, everyone. This has been On The Catch Podcast number 45 with yes. me, James. Oh, yes, and from me, in. Indeed. <laughs> so if you've got any feedback for us, please send us anything at all. Feedback at onthecouchpodcast.com. Yep, and all those free products as well. Indeed. Bye. Have a good week.